Murder. Still not edited out. Still there. I think it's staying. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of Tutmana Podcast, where you can expect to hear nothing but passionate chatter about the one and only Oxford United, and maybe the odd dodgy interlude and jingle to go go alongside it. Um, right, who have we got on today? We've got the same lineup as last time, but we've got a special guest. So you've got me, I'm James, you've got John. Hello. We've got Andy. All right. We've got Ben. Hi there. Andy, do you want to do the honours and introduce your pal? Yeah, so um, I think part of what we want to do sort of after a game, particularly the ones we go to, is try and get the perspective of like an you know, uh, uh, opposition fan. So I've got my uh, I've got my friend here, Ez. Um, he went to the game yesterday. Um, I'll let Ez introduce himself. So what we tend to do is we do a my name is a bit like bit, bit, bit like blind date. Um, so what's your name? Where'd you come from? Why are you a Sunderland fan? That sort of good thing. So okay. just just before we get into that, Ez John, you're doing the dramatic breathing down the thing. Oh, am I? Okay, and right. I'm just trying to build the tension up. I'm just trying to. Build the tension <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Happy days. Sorry, Ez. Go nuts. So my name is Ez. I live in York. I had the misfortune of being born in Leeds. However, <laughs> I support Sunderland because all of my family are from up there. So I didn't really have really have a choice in that. When was your first? What was your first Sunderland game? What was um, Sunderland v West Brom in nineteen seventy five? Wow! So quite old now. <laughs> um, had, go on. Had go you on. seen Sunderland play Oxford before yesterday? I will have um, <laughs> so many games that just morph into one. Blend in, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I definitely have. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'd beat you seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you had that in the locker, didn't you? <laughs> of course, he did. Of course, he yeah. Did. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um, what about your favourite player? With that week? Yeah. I think I know this. Well, but... <sighs> crikey. There's so many over the years. Um, Marco Gabbiadini, obviously Kevin Phillips, Quinn and Phillips. Um, did Marco Gabbiadini play for some? He played for us for a little bit, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. In the late nineties. Well. Dean Whitehead, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, David Rush, he played for both. Oh, oh, we're, yeah. we're, more, we're morphing into the preview show now. We're stealing Martin Bradetsky's limelight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of recent times, um, Jermaine Defoe. Nice. Fair enough. Right. Should we talk about what we're going to be doing today? I guess, guys, first, has fame gone to your heads after the first episode? Yes. Have the paparazzi been knocking at the door? or is? Yeah. <laughs> I only had two people asking for my autograph at the game yesterday, so not massively, but... I've noticed yeah. absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth saying, though, thank you to anyone who did uh, listen to the first episode and for very kind messages on Twitter. And I'm sure some of you guys got some um, pings from various other sources or on WhatsApp or whatever. So happy days and hopefully we'll keep this going for a while. So um, let's talk about what we're doing today then. So we're going to quickly touch on what's happened um, transfer-wise since the last pod. That'll be very brief, I think. Um, we'll obviously spend a good chunk of time talking about Sunderland yesterday. We did have a side note yesterday because it came up um, between... I guess the on the WhatsApp group talking about VAR on the back of some of the decisions from Sunderland. So we're like, that could be a good thing to talk about, but it's going to get too emotional 
and hearts will be broken. So we're going to save that for like a special one-off pod, I imagine. We'll have a quick look at what's going on around League One on the back of the first game week. Um, Maybe some early season predictions, which are always a terrible idea to do, but we'll do them anyway. What does August look like for Oxford? We'll quickly look at that. Um, We'll go over to Andy Dent for stats and facts, where I think you're going to freestyle that today, but that's going to be... Have you changed your name yet, Andy, is there, or is it in the work in progress? Uh, yeah, it's work in process. I haven't decided whether I'm going to be Andy Dent or Susie Wilmer, but yeah, it's definitely up for discussion. And obviously, I don't really know how the family would take it, to be honest, seeing as all my uh, my children are called <laughs> Wilmer. But yeah. I, I did validate that Susie Dent um, is a resident of Oxford, so she might be a massive Oxford fan, and she might listen to this podcast for all we know. Right. So. If you're listening, Susie, hi. My my vote goes for Andy Dent because it just make it's just a generic sounding name. You just, just could be any old bloke, <laughs> and that's definitely my vote. And all that for that, I think, is well worth it. I've been called a lot worse, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, after that, John has done a load of research. I hope you have John on Peterborough. Yeah. Um, you're going to preview all of those. I guess we're playing them twice within a week, um, Saturday and Tuesday. And then, Ben, you're going to provide us with a super secret game, which, again, none of us know about. So got... you'll have the tense background music to support you along that. Yeah, journey. a lot to live up to after last week's game. A lot of comments, people shouting at their phones, the correct answer, and whereas we just didn't have a clue. So no pressure, guys. We've got to do better than we did last week. <laughs> okay, should we crack on? Yeah, let's do it. Before I get before I get into this, I downed a fridge milkshake thinking that was going to be a good idea before the pod because I'm quite tired. Didn't have much sleep last night, but it's kind of like drinking custard and I feel incredibly sick. What flavour? So what flavor hopefully if it? I depart, it, it was chocolate, obviously, man. Come on. That's standard. Absolutely. And also, my, hopefully I sound less boomy today or less like uh, poppy because I'm using a mic this time around rather than a headset. Um, but it does mean if one of my cats decides to go and shit in the litter tray to my left, you might hear it in the background. So just wanted to get that out of the way as well. I've got a, I've got a slightly scared of the thunderstorm dog next to my feet. So if it turns into an absolute animal sanctuary on this pod, we're very sorry. Good. I feel like I'm going to do another interlude now. So that can be the section on fridge and cat shit. Okay. Right, in terms of um, transfers and stuff since the last pod, we hadn't actually officially signed Elliot Moore um, until, I think, when was it? Monday or Tuesday? I don't remember. But that was all done and dusted. Um, KR did say on the Radio Oxford interview um, last week that it was the most he spent on a player in that position. And there was some newspaper article somewhere that suggested it was around 900 K, I think that was marked in euros. I don't know how much we look into that or believe, but I couldn't find any other sources quoting any numbers. I don't know if anyone else did. Uh, I think the um, the problem is with all the, the sign-ins, certainly recently, is they're undisclosed fees, aren't they? So nobody actually really knows. It might be worth uh, dipping into the mole on our uh, WhatsApp group and seeing if yeah. you can get some information. That's a good shout. He From yesterday, the brief... Think, like the brief time we did see him, he does look incredibly tall, which is very good. That's what you want in the centre back. Um, there were also rumours that George Fawn from Derby um, underwent a medical, 
Um, I think we mentioned him very briefly last time, but again, our mole suggested that he didn't do very well in that medical, which kind of aligns with some of the feedback that we'd had that he was kind of injury prone. So hopefully we're not pursuing that if that's the case. Um, KR has said now numerous times as well, we're expecting two more strikers to come in, whether or not they're loans or perms. What do we? Probably we expect, what, a loan from a Premier League or Championship club? You've got to expect so. I mean, it's a bit late in the day to be getting a a top draw player. I mean, I guess if there are players still at clubs and if somebody comes in, they then get put into a position to go out, then then fine. But I think we'd be in a dangerous place of now needing to spend some cash to get a player who's probably not going to be optimum um, or exactly top draw so it's going to be I think it's going to be have to be loans and relative gambles but that's that's not a problem really we've done it m- yeah. many seasons for the last three or four so I don't think it's a problem we've still got all of August as well right yeah when what is, is it is the transfer window is anything fancy happening this time or is it still last day of August at, I think it closes at certain points for like league one and below the players from league one and below and then i think after i don't know what the date is but and then after that date you can still sign players from the premier league and the championship so but they did move they did move the deadline back to the end of the month whereas last year you remember it was just before the first game day so everyone had to get the transfers done yeah. done and dusted early but i think there's a bit of feedback from the clubs that it all got a bit rushed at the end so they've they've pushed it back to the end of august but yeah there are still a sort of a few semi-deadlines of when we can buy players from other clubs, as Andy's just said. I've been very taken by this point about getting a player on um, his second loan or his third loan, which I think we made the mistake with Sam Smith as his his first loan, getting a player that's actually not going to be completely alienated by coming on loan. I think that'll be quite important. And we can't, can't, beggars can't be choosers, I suppose, to agree with this. But as you say, we've got a bit of time. And I think think loans looks the most likely. So other news is that Roof, um, Kemar Roof looks like he's joining Anderlecht, didn't play, wasn't in the squad today. And they said on Sky Sports, um, whilst during the coverage of their game with the Bristol City, um, that he's he's basically off and that's a done deal pretty much. Um, seven or eight million they were saying, but it doesn't look like we have a sell on. I think all of our fans assume we had something. Well, at least the people I was speaking to, um, which is a shame, but... That, oh, well. that surely only lasts for like a certain period of time, though, or, or a number of transfers. Because, well, I know he's only been to Leeds, but yeah. I, I don't know the ins and outs. It presumably, well, we will have got a sell-on fee when he went to. They just kept chucking pre-season games in instead, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, that's good. We'll have one of them." Um, Odalda started for Bristol City today. He was due to leave, and that is a um, player that we do have um, a sell-on for. I think Fulham were mooted as being interested and a million was the figure thrown around which i think might have put him off but he started today so um we'll have to see he still hasn't signed a new deal at bristol yet but maybe he'll leave by the end of august and we'll get a bit of cash from that he's probably poorly he'll then he'll end up getting sick fairly soon, <laughs> would have thought, to be honest he's, he's, he's i don't know if it's around this time he tends to get ill isn't it <laughs> yeah right time to chat about sunland guys So all of us, apart from John, managed to get to the game yesterday. Um, John, what were you doing? Did you have a nice time? Uh, I was in the middle of the Peak District at a wedding, desperately trying to get signal. I nearly resorted to standing <laughs> on top of a barn at, at one point, but I, I did manage to keep keep track. Um, 
but no, not not one I could get to annoyingly. It was one of well in the well in months down the diary. This one. Such a plastic fan, John. <laughs> Sorry, he's such a plastic fan. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'll, I'll, see, you, I'll see you at Fleetwood, and that's, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's so yeah. Here we go. Um, so we all kind of, in terms of predictions, we went with two one either way. I think most of us kind of agreed on that. Um, I don't know why none of us said one all, considering both games last season were one all. Um, and to be fair, this game ended up being pretty similar in terms of kind of performance and how both clubs will have probably gone away from it. Um, the lineup as well, I think we called it bang on. Um, so we had Eastwood, Ruffles, Massino, Dickey, Cadden, Gorin, Brannigan in the holding roles, Fosu, Henry, Woodburn on the right, and then Mackie up top. The only thing that was interesting, and Connor, who was next to me at the game, kept saying is that um, he, you know, Woodburn has been, people are saying he's going to play in more of a 10 role. And he did seem to interchange with Henry quite a lot. And you saw Henry kind of bombing down the right wing quite a bit in the first half. And then he was seemed to be on the left for periods of the second. But that was the only thing. I didn't notice anything else going on in terms of players interchanging. Uh, you cut, surely you, you saw Fosu like popping up. He was like some sort of wizard. You'd like blink <laughs> and he'd be on the left and then you'd blink and he'd be on the right. And it was just amazing. It's He's like, he's Tariq Potter. It, it's, there was definitely those, those, those front three or the three sitting behind Mackie were definitely interchanging quite a lot. And I did, I, I mentioned to my cousin, um, Dave, who was at the game, uh, Fosu, was all over. I think they were all interchanging quite a lot. Henry and, and Woodburn definitely, and I think then Fosu would switch to the right, and Woodburn would drop in behind Mackey, and it was it was quite interesting to be honest. It was I think there was definitely something in it. There's some sort of tactic in it. So, as looking at the Sunland eleven and especially the bench, we were kind of like, wow, if these if that's the bench, then what's this eleven going to be like? So there was Maguire, Grant Ledbetter, I think it's going to be your captain this year. So I'm guessing he was injured or something or lacking fitness. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, John McLaughlin, the keeper, he was the captain yesterday. Um, not entirely sure keeper's the best position for yeah. a captain. But um, yeah, I was, I was surprised with our lineup yesterday, I must admit. You had McGeady on the bench, Duncan Watmore. Andy, I said to you at one point as a joke, ah, it's Watmore. And you went, it actually is Watmore. I went, ah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just remember him from years ago um, breaking in. I just assumed yeah. he would have moved on or something. Because I think maybe Ez was saying, yeah. we'll let Ez talk about Yeah, Watmore, t- but... two, um, two terrible injuries. So spent like two years in, out injured. I think. Is he, how, how old is he now? <laughs> Ooh. I don't know, actually. Still quite young. He's definitely young. I know from where we were sat, he looked like he was about 16. He was like, I don't know, he was like a human, but smaller. (laughs) He looks a bit like Kevin De Bruyne. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Um, Will Grigg was obviously in the starting 11 as well. Um, Yeah. And then in terms of the game, first half, so... As you said, Andy, kind of Fosu was all over the place, or Fosu. I keep getting told off for saying Fosu, but I can't help it. Um, there was a really nice one too, which was kind of the first chance of the game between him and Brannigan. Um, got got Fosu in just to the box, about 10 yards out. But he f- kind of fluffed his lines. I think you were saying, Andy, that was a cross. He should have shot. And I was like, no, nah, that's a shot. He's just fluffed it. But- I think we both looked at each other in like we didn't really know what was going on. And I, and I, I said to um, Dave, my cousin, I said, oh, this this he's not going to do anything and I don't know I think 
I think it was a shot, and I think he just probably dragged it, and it it wasn't on target. But I think if somebody, if we if we'd had that striker working up top alongside Mackie, and he was in that position on on the other side, um, he, he probably could have been there to tap in. But regardless, it it didn't go in, did it? So yeah, he then went on to fluff a couple of crosses as well, went under little pressure, and I was kind of going hmm. This is kind of, you know, that some of the Charlton reaction when we we got him was interesting. And I was going, I hope this isn't the way it's going to play out. But to be fair to him, it didn't seem to knock his confidence at all. He kept making runs and he, you could see him like actively asking for the ball as well, which is a healthy thing to see, especially for a player that you'd say, you could say maybe should lack a little bit of confidence because of how the game started. So that was good. I don't know, Ben, if you noticed anything early doors. He just seemed to have a great first Yeah, half. I thought he... Just worked his socks off. He was very quick-footed. Uh, was happy to run, take on players, but also just sort of hold them, hold them off. And then, as soon as two surrounded him, either just go past them or pass the ball on. Plenty of one-twos, lovely triangular football, as I like to call it, between two or three players. And all of a sudden, you've got space on the wing. Um, but for the thing that I noticed yeah. the most though was is just his, his worth ethic. He's just closing them down, high pressing on the ball. Um, I think actually the whole team followed that. Uh, and we caused a few mistakes in the Sunderland defence by putting them under pressure. And uh, I think for the first 20 minutes of the game, we did that really, really well. Yeah, we were pressing incredibly well in that first half. It was immense. Um, Sunderland did go down. I think they kind of opened up in the middle of the pitch and they had a good chance with McNulty um, blasting one at the goal from outside the box and Eastwood palmed it around the post. Um, good strong hand from him. I, I was thinking that was the only significant save and I don't know as if, if your view was different but that was the only thing I remembered Eastwood having to do that was like a you know a shot stopping save rather than like a catch and stuff so yeah well when, when I looked at the stats and so shot for the whole game shots on target we had three you had two so it was quite a strange match but it didn't feel like one of them games did it that's strange hmm Anyway, there was then, this is the positive bit, guys. Get excited. Not for you, Ez, unfortunately. But, uh, d- defensive laps at the back for Sunderland. Woodburn kind of poked the ball away from a defender, which put um, Fosu through. Um, it, it, I've watched this numerous times now. It's kind of a great finish, but it's like a side foot dink, which is kind of like not physically possible. <laughs> so it, it either scoops up over the defender's boot or he does just somehow manage to kind of dink it but I couldn't quite work out. I watched it numerous times trying to work out if it's a great finish, but standing behind the goal, it kind of looked like it just kind of scuffed over the defender a little bit, but it looks like a good finish on the replays. Yeah. In real time, I think we thought it was a deflection or something like that. It just didn't seem like a natural way for the ball to go if he was having a shot. Like you said, you'd think you'd either slot it in or it'd be a sort of gentle loop over, not the sort of wide moon shape it took. Yeah. But, um, yeah, fantastic goal. Um, someone's put a note in here saying Mackie blocked the defender to give Fosu a valuable extra second or two. Yeah, that was me. I think I think he um, even admitted in his um, post-match interview that Mackie obviously gave him a value bit of a couple of seconds. I think he, if you watch the replays, he actually, I don't know whether he just gets in his way or he pulls him back, but it's, the, it's, it's literally like a second, but it obviously gives him enough chance to get that distance between him and he just... Um, I think I think where the ball went was where he intended it to go. I don't know if the, it just took a dink off the keeper or or not, but 
it was a yeah, it was a good goal. I think it's one of those they either they either go in or you you get the rabbit between the headlights syndrome and it just doesn't do anything. So no, thankfully it was the former. But yeah, yeah. Either way, really happy that he's got off the mark straight away, and hopefully that that does the world of good for his confidence. Um, generally, we were composed and at the back and which was something that was really good to see considering there's always been concerns about Moose as a centre-back as well but him and Dickie were just outstanding Ruffles had a really good game and um, Cadden as well making his kind of league debut all of those guys really played well and I think having the Brannigan and Gorin ahead the ball was on the deck pretty much the whole time apart maybe apart from the final ball but we seemed to play it around really well um, we then got to like the 29th 30th minute Corner comes in, Dickie flies it at like 100 miles an hour, just heads it straight into the goal. We're going mental. I'm hugging a bloke that I've never met before. Um, it, obviously, no one had a clue what had happened. And it was interesting, you know, look, even looking at the replays now, again, I've, I've slowed it right down. I, I can't, I don't understand what's happened. KR was obviously fuming about it. But the, I think it's suggested that Mackey's fouled the goalie. Um, KR saying they've both got hands on each other. Keepers are protected. Have you guys seen it back? Yeah, I've, well, I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen an image on social media where it appears that Mackey's got some of his, his shirt, but it's one of those where that stuff goes on all the time. And as you say, how much the keeper was getting there, that, that's the part of the key the key point. It seemed all right to me, to be honest, from a, just purely watching it on, on video. Yeah, and KR's comment was the keeper's not going anywhere near that ball. Um, yeah, I don't know where you were sat. As were you underneath us or round side or opposite? Or... Um, I was at the opposite end, right behind the goal. It was a good goal, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you what? What's your take on it? Is did you, I mean? Did you think it's one of those? It's you get lost in the moment quite easily, and it's a. But I don't know what it what you thought from your end. Um, well, I was completely the other end of the pitch, so it was for hard hard for me to see anything. So other than the image that Andy has shown me earlier, that's that's the only thing I've seen of it. Which yeah. he was pulling his shirt. However, the referee must have very good eyesight. Did the crowd start to turn a little bit at that point? You didn't really hear too much like moaning, I guess. Um and that's you that's the type of time where often crowds will start to jeer a little bit, but you didn't hear too much of that. No. I mean I do have to say if the goal hadn't been disallowed, that would have been game over. Definitely. I um you say there wasn't a lot. I'm I'm sure I heard the the Sunderland fans booing at one point. I don't know what point in the first half it was, but there was definitely some resounding booing going on throughout the stadium. So I don't know what that's all about. I thought before it was the half-time whistle. <laughs> but, I mean, generally during the game, they didn't seem to get on their players' backs. Um, and I think a lot of it's due to, and it's a point I put down there, the fact that like Sunderland kept on getting into positions where their full-backs were putting crosses into the box. There was just nothing happening on the back of them. And it was either incredible defending from us. And we always seemed to have a player in the right position to clear the ball. And it was a constant theme throughout the game. But I think... Um, Jack Ross, the Sunderland manager, was bemoaning the lack of kind of composure with that final ball and the movement in the box and that type of thing. Um, because 34 crosses? So it's a, again, 34 crosses Sunderland had in that game. And you could say we defended really well, or you could be, you could say we shouldn't let 
teams have 34 crosses against us and we'll get punished another you know other times but it was great defending but I didn't know what to really think about it after seeing that stat yeah so I was gonna say if if I hadn't been at the game and I'd have seen that stat I'd have thought we'd been absolutely battered and we were just all over the place and had no shape but even though the, the crosses did come in and we did defend them really well, it didn't feel like we've been completely dominated on the wings. Perhaps second half a bit more than the first, but yeah, that stat is quite surprising. Yeah, it's nuts. It did feel like they were getting down the byline a lot and just whipping them in, but just, just again, just it was just always here in our place. Um, ultimately, though, when that halftime whistle went, I was, ex- I think all of us were just extremely happy, at least in the Oxford end. Um, I enjoyed my cider at halftime. Connor's put something in here, which I haven't noticed until now. Because we were using a shared like notes application, he said. Um, Connor bought the most expensive round and he thought the North was supposed to be cheap. That was his halftime round. Sorry, Connor. Thank you for my cider. It um, might have been mine and Albie's uh, white wines that increased that price slightly. White wines? White wine. Just had to unmute my mic for that, if... for that input. <laughs> Yeah, we discovered it last season at Doncaster. We just had enough of queuing for 12 and a half minutes and having to down a pint of beer in two minutes just to get back on before the second half. So we experimented with the wine and actually it makes life a lot easier. It's very Oxford, that. (laughs) Very Oxford. Um, Into the second half, the first thing that happened was, well, significant thing that happened was the penalty. Um, Ruffles taking down Gooch. Um, Whilst we're on the subject of Gooch, I thought it was a good time to refer to uh, Gooch, the definition of Gooch in dictionary.com. <laughs> so Gooch uh, is... Can I, have, can I have a go at defining it before you give us the actual definition? Go on then. Is it the part of the skin between the scrotum and the anus? That is bang on, Andy. You've been talking about Gooches before, haven't you? Oh, you don't you, you you wouldn't believe what I know. <laughs> yeah, so gooch is slang for the perineum or the area between the anus and the genitals, usually on a man. It's also Laguna Beach, California area slang for excellent or awesome. <laughs> so you could you could say that Fosu goal was gooch. You have to put an American accent, which I'm not willing to do. So Right, uh, referee didn't consult his lino when he gave that pen. And even though the lino seemed to be in a good position, be it it was right on the edge of kind of the box at the lino side, um, didn't put his flag up at all. Ref just wanted nothing to do with it. Um, again, you can put it on yellow player super slow motion and Gooch does a good job of kind of turning his back towards Ruffles just at the last moment as the tackle's about to come in. He kind of leans into him whilst Josh is making the tackle. And it's definitely risky, right? And like on first viewing, I, I in the stand, I was kind of going, "Yeah, that's a that's a pen. Like you shouldn't be diving in there." But he does seem to the ball does change direction slightly, in my opinion. I don't know. Did he did he need to um, go to actually make connection with the ball? I mean, he could have slid in theory to try and block, block it, the yeah. cross rather than actually try and feel the need to divert to divert the ball away because the guy was pretty close to the touchline and that was one of the things I I looked at and thought well by all means if he's got the ball great if he hasn't fair enough can see why it's been given but I just thought why didn't you just try and block it I think it's it's you've got to calculate that risk haven't you if you don't get that ball away and clear the danger there's always the risk of him whipping in that cross and somebody got on the end of it and uh, it was maybe it's a it's a dangerous place to be 
sliding in in the, in the penalty area. But I think you've got to make you've you've got a split second to to make take that decision. So uh, it's always better to get rid of the danger than obviously just chuck yourself on the ground and hope it, it you get in the way. But I don't know. It, 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 you've got to get in the mind of a defender, I guess. And I think I, I play in that position. I'm, I'm a defender. Um, Predominantly, um, and I'd always—I mean, I'd always try and get rid of the ball rather than chuck myself in the way of it. So, yeah. Um, you can. By the way, I didn't know that you on Yellow Player. I'm not sure if this is a new thing, but you can watch full match um, highlights, like ninety minutes, and it's got the BBC Oxford commentary alongside it as well, which is handy. So you can kind of see what the reaction was like um, from the BBC Oxford guys and. Nathan and Nick were both just like, yeah, that looks like a pen from here. And then they saw a replay, but it was from exactly the same angle they were sat in. So they were like, yeah, definitely a pen. Um, Jerome later on went on and said he got the ball and you could see it from some other bizarre angle. But anyway, Gooch stepped up and smashed it top right-hand corner and Eastwood wasn't getting anywhere near it. Um, And from there on in, the second half was just scrappy as shit, wasn't it? Nothing seemed to happen and <laughs> um, there's a lot of crosses into Oxford bo- Oxford's box but we dealt with it well um the main kind of thing that Oxford fans will remember from that second half is just the referee um and I'm not sure what it was like from a Sunderland point of view as but you could probably hear the reaction from the Oxford fans um <laughs> it, it got to a point where there were kind of 50 50s that players were going for and our player might win one, but the ref would just give a free kick right on the edge of the area. And I think there was like three or four free kicks where if the ref had let it go, there wouldn't have been any real qualms from either sides, like either sets of fans. So it was an interesting one. But was there any kind of jabs put to the ref from the Sunderland end? Um, Not really, but um, I did think the referee, well, he wasn't the best, but I heard on a podcast this morning um, that... It was supposedly his first ever league game. Whether or not that's true, I'm not sure. But yeah, he um, he wasn't the best best referee, but maybe that's League One. Yeah. Um. So where did I get to? God. Um. We generally struggled in the last twenty minutes. Um. And I guess Kr referenced it in the interview afterwards, where he was saying that we weren't didn't seem like we were able to kind of counter effectively. What we did manage to do is kind of get the ball out, hold the ball up well in midfield and kind of bring someone in. But we got to a point where we were lacking that. Mackie had worked really hard first half, had put a real shift in and we were just lacking that kind of pace or being able to kind of bring on a centre forward with pace um, in that kind of the latter stages of the second half. It would have been really useful. And I think that's why what KR was saying that we need to go out and get the players in to kind of support with. I think um, the substitutions were all could have been better to be honest from us um we although we don't have an out and out striker on the bench for pace we had hall which i know is is um his fitness is debatable um but you could have i think Mackie had obviously he burnt himself out he he just he, he made a nuisance of himself like we know he he, he can do and i think i would if it if it was me in that situation, it's easy to sit here and say if it was me, but I probably would have brought Mackie off and, and injected a bit of pace into the game and brought Hall on. Um, but again, I don't, we, I don't see, I don't see what goes on behind closed doors. I only, I only see what I guess I want to see. But um, I mean, obviously, the, there's Ford. You could have brought Ford on and, and inject, injected a bit of fresh legs. But again, how much, uh, how 
fit he is. I don't was, know. Was Ford but... on the bench? Um, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't in the squad yeah, at all. Know. Yeah, I think he he said himself that he didn't. He wasn't match fit, and he was a couple of weeks off. So we probably won't see him for a couple mm. of games. But you're, I think when he is fit, yeah, he'll be pushing. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd still sooner would have rather seen Hall come on a bit later, uh, earlier. But I guess it's down to fitness. Um, yeah. So. 85th minute was the kind of only other bit of action from an Oxford point of view where um, Henry was on the left wing at this point, kind of took the ball off the Sunderland right back, um, kind of ran the length of the, well, half the length of the pitch anyway. Um, eventually the ball kind of fell back to Rob Hall on the edge of the box. I put a little screenshot in the um, the notion, the notes, because it, from where he is, he's got a lot of time <laughs> and the ball comes back to him on the ground. And I remember just as that was happening, it was all going on in slow motion. Obviously. Yeah, I don't think he, he didn't get a lot of power. He didn't connect. I don't think he connected very well with it. And he didn't get, I mean, Hall's capable of hitting the back of the net from that that sort of distance. But I, I just think he, he was probably caught up in the moment. And it's probably quite easy to think players are closer than they are. And yeah. He did the right thing, but I just I just don't think he had enough power behind it, and he, he probably didn't connect as well yeah. as he would like to. I think the ref actually ended up giving a free kick, and none of us understood why. And it's because you'll see from the little picture I put in. I know that's not very useful for a podcast, right? But there's just a sudden pair kind of comatose in the middle of the box, like right next to the goal. So I'm guessing he ended up giving a free kick anyway. C- can you imagine if that got disallowed? <laughs> that would have been interesting. Um, other notes that we had, so we talked about the amount of crosses. Dicky, man of the match. People agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I thought it was great. Ben, yeah, great. For um, Gorin and Brannigan seemed to do really well, mainly because you just didn't notice them that well. I I didn't notice them that much, um, which is always a good thing because it's just kind of tidy football in the middle of the pitch. Right, we're nearly on forty minutes, lads. I don't know where this time goes. Um, we haven't talked at all about Woodburn. I don't know if anyone wanted to mention anything about him. Ben, what did you reckon about his debut? Uh, I thought he did all right, but for a lot of the game, I didn't didn't really notice him. Um, it's probably expected. It's his first game for us. He's getting used to the system. He's he's only joined fairly late, so he's probably not had too many training sessions. But yeah, I think just because I didn't really notice him doesn't mean he had a bad game. It's probably just he didn't do anything that stood out, rightly or wrongly. But I yeah. think... I think he's he's going to be a good player for us. I think he'll just be able to just have that extra half-yard pace, that extra little bit of skill that a lot of defenders at this level probably won't be able to deal with. So I, I think he'll, he'll do a good job for us. Yeah, we had um, just over 1,100 Oxford fans there. Atmosphere was pretty good at the beginning of the game. Obviously, second half, it died down a little bit until the referee kind of G'd us all up again. Um Player ratings, I think, as we said, Dickey was kind of the man of the match. Um, he he himself said on yellow play, he was more upset with the award of the penalty than his goal being disallowed, which kind of shows you where the players were at with it. Um, Andy, you had some points about what we could do to improve refereeing. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go over it briefly. As I said, I think it's probably an argument to have a whole podcast on referees, and, but I think they get away with a lot and they, they seem to have the backing of the um, the AFL and the FA, but why not bring in some sort of independent body that reviews X number of games per weekend? And obviously referees don't always get it right. Obviously they're in mind at the time they think they do, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. And 
maybe have somebody review it and they'll get a set of points, a bit like a driving license. So they'll get, a, I don't know, a red card. If it isn't a red card offence, if it's, I don't know, if it's if it's straight red and it's not, maybe give that ref two points. And if they get a certain number of points within um, a certain period, say a month, then they get a, a match ban. The same as a player would, you know what I mean? It's only it's only fair. Referees shouldn't be shouldn't be untouchable. Um, players certainly are, you know. And, and, and then obviously we all know how many times referees do get it wrong. So um, that is the way I'd probably do it. I mean, it's not obviously you've, you've got to get your, your point across with the EFL and the people that make the decisions. But yeah, that that's how I do it anyway. Cool. Um, from a Sunderland point of view, as you had 19 draws last season, and that seemed to be the crux of fans' kind of frustrations. How are you feeling? Um, unfortunately, I have a terrible feeling of deja vu. You know, 19 draws in the league last season, and we started this season with another draw and another 1-1. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's worrying. It's only the first game of the season. However, I've seen this all before. Yeah, I saw... It's the Sunderland Echo, isn't it? It's like the equivalent of our yeah. Oxford Mail. Um, they have like a section on fan reactions from a Sunderland point of view, and it was pretty kind of heated towards Jack Ross himself. Um, people not thinking he's the right man to take you forward. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the opinion of quite a few people. I personally think um, he's got a lot to do. There's a lot of weight on his shoulders throughout the next sort of four or five games. So I think come the beginning of September, let's see what happens then. Yeah. Cool. Right, let's move on then, chaps. And so in terms of what happened across the rest of League One, did, is there anything that stood out for anyone? I think some of the results, Lincoln had come up, they won 2-0 against Accrington. They seem to have quite a comfortable um, game from the looks of that. They're probably the most interesting one we'll end up talking about for us at the moment, um, in a minute anyway, John, I imagine, is the Peterborough losing 3-1 at home to um, Fleetwood. Yeah, definitely an interesting one. I thought the Shrewsbury one result was quite, quite interesting against Portsmouth, who were obviously invested in and really going for it. Other than that, I didn't think there was too much off the uh, particularly um, what you'd expect really in the league. And it is only the first day as we know. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping, when do we play Berry or Bolton? I think the Berry thing is quite a sensitive subject, but the Bolton situation is interesting if they're still going to be getting their fixtures on. But we've got them away fairly soon, maybe? I don't remember now. I think it's Bolton fairly soonish. Yeah, Berry not for a, not for a while. Cool. Anything else jump out to anyone? Ipswich got a one nil win away. Yeah, to I them. think it was probably it was probably a standard opening day of the season. To be honest, there's always going to be shocks and people you don't expect or teams you don't expect to turn up turn up. So yeah, I, I don't think you can read too much into it. I think there's, there's always that benchmark of ten games in is when you can really judge a, a, a season and a, and a table. So yeah, I, I wouldn't make too yeah. much of that. To be honest, um, in terms of what August looks like for us. Um, so, as we said, we've got the two Peterborough games um, next Saturday and then the following Tuesday, the Tuesday being the League Cup game, Coca-Cola Cup, sorry. Um, then we've got Blackpool away. We're playing Burton at home um, on a Tuesday night again. And then we've got Bristol Rovers away and then Coventry at home. So it's quite, you'd look at those and you'd say you would hope we're in a relatively good position come the end of the season, being that there's no 
real big hitters in there um, unless you were classing Peterborough, um, given the amount of money they spent as a big hitter. But I guess, John, I wish we were kind of cutting into that section now, but instead of that, we're going to go over to Andy Dent in Super Duper Fact and Stat Corner. And I've got to find the magical button to give you some nice stat intro. It's a blast from the past. Well, I didn't see that coming. So so godlike. <laughs> speak for speak um, yourself. Well, I, I'm the man with the facts, and and, and the uh, the man that what's the word I'm thinking of? I did this last week. Anyway, we'll stop. We'll stop. We'll stop dilly dallying. Uh, we'll go straight into it. As if I, if you can be my glamorous assistant this week. <laughs> um, I don't know. Does Susie Dent has a as a different assistant each week, doesn't she? Yeah. Or, or on countdown at least. But well, so as if you would like to tell me uh, to stop, and I will stop yeah. on whatever page. Stop. Uh, we're going to have to go again because that's <laughs> that's in the middle a two page stat, and that we'll be here for some time. So we'll go again. Stop. Oh, here we go then. Right. On November the 15th, 1986, Oxford United visited Loftus Road for a top-flight game. Ray Houghton gave United a deserved lead, but future U, John Byrne, equalised for QPR in the final minute. At precisely 5.30, on orders of manager Maurice Evans, the Oxford team coach departed, leaving behind seven players who weren't ready on time. The players concerned were John Aldridge, Kevin Brock, James, Jeremy Charles, Steve Hardwick, Les Phillips, and Peter Rhodes Brown, Rosie, <laughs> and Captain Malcolm Shotton, all of whom had made that had to make their own way back to Oxford. Aldridge, who had made no secret of his wish to move to a bigger club, threatened to put on put a transfer request. Although the following Monday, Evans apologised to the players, and the threat was withdrawn. Nevertheless, this was a damaging mistake by Evans, and two months later, Aldridge moved to Liverpool for seven hundred fifty thousand. Wow. wow, that's that is a stat. When you said they weren't on time, but like after the match, weren't on weren't on time for what? Well, the the, the coach left. Oh, uh, right, obviously, right, right. The coach Sorry. left at precisely five thirty, and they obviously must have still been in the shower or doing what <laughs> players do after the game. And obviously, the manager says the coach is going, and the coach Jesus went. Christ. So, Champagne in the hot tub in those days, surely. It was a. <laughs> Expensive mistake to make by uh, Evans. That's that really that must really help to build team morale, mustn't it? I suppose at least they're in London. Imagine if they did that on Saturday and KR just you know took Napa home with him and then left the rest. Of <laughs> <laughs> I love that fact. That was a good fact. That is fantastic. Good. We're definitely keeping that section running. We maybe need to get you an outro as well. Yeah, uh, I've got one more. Oh, really? Go on. This. Yeah, oh, this is the on this day one. Uh, let me just find it. I did have it, but I got so excited with that last stat, I've lost it. So uh, bear with me. Do you want a Have we got interlude? some sort of yeah, interlude music? Uh, no, I'm not going to give you the... No. Okay, oh, that's fine. I found it. Uh, so obviously it's Sunday the 4th of August. This one is Wednesday the 4th of August, 1971. Uh, Paul Jason McCarthy was born in County Cork, Ireland. He joined Oxford on loan from Wickham Wanderers on March 2003, making his debut on March 28th in a 3-2 defeat at Swansea City. His move was made permanent at the end of the season. McCarthy's time at Oxford was blighted by injury and he played just 35 games for the U's, scoring three goals, playing his last match on May 8th, 2004 in a 2-0 win over Rochdale. 
He joined Hornchurch, but financial problems for the club led to him leaving for Gravesend and Northfleet in November 2004. So there you go. I preferred the first one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a rough with a smooth though, James. It's, it's one of those. It's, it's all true. random. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're heading to you, John. John, preview Peterborough. Right, Peterborough. Here we go. I mean, yeah, so it's a bit, a bit random we're playing them twice in the three days. I suppose it's the, the league and the cup. I, I'd expect we wouldn't change the lineup too much um, given the stage of the season and, and the need to play games and, and so on. I mean, Peterborough are a funny one. Um, they're a club with sort of high expectations. They don't seem to actually have a recent season to put it all together, really. Um, they haven't been in the championship for about five years. You get the feeling they, they the fans feel they should be really, but they were ninth and, and getting quite restless really. So yeah, it's it's an interesting time for them. Um, but I mean the big investment in the squad this season, um, Moise is the big one, rumored to be about one point three million. They re-signed George Boyd as well, who I imagine his wages are quite high, and he also interestingly ran the furthest distance in the Premiership over regular seasons. When George Boyd is he the guy with long hair? Went to did he go to Burnley for a bit? Yeah, exact same one. Exact Scott, same Scottish one. guy. Yeah, dropped down quite quickly actually after sort of. I mean, I can I think of him being the Premier League fairly recently. Yeah, didn't know that. So it's also worth checking out their chairman's on Twitter, who's actually quite um, good value as well. So worth having a look at him as well. <laughs> um, but they lost the first game. Um, not the biggest surprise, I think, because Fleet would have signed some. Some decent players on, on the quiet. Um, Josh Morris, who many of us all know from Scunthorpe. Connor McElhenney, of course, I think we'd all wish was with us now. Um, Paul Coots, who was seen in really high regard by Sheffield United fans as their holding midfielder. And, and Lunny was signed as his replacement. And he was so highly valued by Sheffield fans that I've spoken to that one of the reasons why Lunny's struggled so much. So I think he's a, he's a really big signing for them. And I think it's um it's quite a big deal that. Um, I didn't even know that they'd signed McElhenney. I don't know how I missed that. Ben, did you know that? No, I just uh, saw his loan ended and just assumed he'd gone back to his home club. Wasn't he? They signed him on a permanent. Didn't Fleetwood sign him permanently? Yeah, they, they have done. He started on he started on Saturday. Um, so they must have done. I assume they they have. Um, I mean, it sounded like Peterborough were poor at the back and a new back four, a lot of mistakes and couldn't get their attack going, which is quite highly rated. But I think it's early season, gelling, that that sort of thing. Um, but notable players, I mean, so Moisa that I've already mentioned, Ivan Tony that we've, we've all know very well, two strong yeah. and direct strikers, really. Issa's pace and, and Tony's no slouch for much more an all-rounder, but definitely two up top. Um, Marcus Madison, I think, is the other one that's very well known. Bond of a left foot. Sort of a, a better man's Peter Levin, I describe him as, but I think he's he's one to come on with that real bit of cutting edge quality. Dembele, who plays just behind the strikers, is one that's getting a lot of hype as well. And I think they've just got a couple of up and coming centre mids in in Woodyard and Reed. So they're a good team on paper. And they also have uh, the one and only Isaac Buckley Ricketts in their squad. So Ooh. if he plays, I think we can all I think we can all relax slightly. But um Do you know if they signed him? Permanently, or is it? He can't still be on City's books, can he? They've signed him permanently, yeah. So, um, you know, there's 
There's a bit of a method in their madness, perhaps. Who knows? I think we I think we mentioned him and his what was his pal called Smith Brown, who's maybe at Plymouth or something now. But yeah. they, as a collective, I always think of that Rotherham away game. Um, it was just they were horrendous. <laughs> but fair enough. Maybe they you know they've taken a turn in their career or they've they were they were young, right? And so yeah. maybe they bulked up a little bit and they're they're more kind of very young. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure he'll be out on on loan fairly quickly. Um formation they play, they play a diamond with with two up top, um slightly different to ourselves. Boyd no doubt joins in with that and then they have a sort of a, a firm base behind, but it's very much four interchanging players at the top moving moving fairly quickly. I reckon when they play us, they'll they'll probably play fairly similarly. Um, I think they're one of those that are going to play their way regardless of the opposition, which I think is often often folly. Um, but it'll certainly be two strikers versus our two CBs, or 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 Issa goes wide. But I think it's the same thing. Um, last season we drew two all with them away, and we lost one nil at home. Tony scoring in, in both, and I can I can see him scoring already. Um, but generally, our, our record against them is, is actually pretty good. We've had some pretty decent away wins in the last years. Um, 4-1 was the one that I think all yeah, stood out that, in our memory. Did me anyone go to that? Ben, yeah, me and Ben were at that. That was absolutely fantastic. I had a great... We were 1-0 down as well, right? Yeah, it was such a contrast between the first half, we were poor and they dominated us and only scored once. And then second half, it was like we were a completely different team. It was Oxalona-style football. Memeti scored. He did. Am I am I he dreaming that? Probably. It didn't do much. No, it happened. God. That happened. Um, uh, McElhenney, um Sorry, you, you meant he's still at Fleetwood. Yeah. I thought you meant um, Peterborough signed him. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No. I was. Yeah. That was from a, a strong Fleetwood signing. I think. I don't think they're playing champagne football, but I think they'll be a team to to watch out for. So, um, bit of a bit of a slight tangent there. Um. Should we go to predictions then? I think we're all we're all off, so we're one down one <laughs> overall. Um, I'm going to go with very hard fought game. I think they'll probably prefer being away. I got the sense that their fans were already on them for losing at home, um, so I think that might take the pressure off. I think we'll concede, but I'm, I'm going to go to a close two-one win for the Ellers. I think. What do people think, Andy? Um... I think I, th- I don't think we will concede. I think we've already talked about how good we our defence was. I think we we gave Sunderland a bit too much time on the ball outside the area. But I, no, I'm going to go two nil. I'd like. I think we'll probably bring in at least one striker this week. Or I'd like to think so. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to go two two nil. I'm going to say what well, I, th- I think again. We managed to keep like Will Grigg quiet and a very strong Sunderland team and limit them to barely any shots on target. So I'm going to say 1-0 to the to the mighty yellows. All confident, Ben? I'm uh, I'm going to join. Yeah, I'm I'm going to join you. I think uh, I think we'll go behind, but I think we'll uh, we'll put on a strong second half performance. I think 2-1 as well. I think if we let as many crosses in as it sounds from the Sunderland game, someone like Tony and I suppose Will Griggs is the same example. I think he's tailor-made for that sort of thing. So that's something we obviously need to to sort out, but they're they're going to be well placed for that sort of thing. So, I think that I think that's Peterborough, and I think we're we're heading towards where we all really want to be, which is the quiz. Ben, take us away. Right. Well, after the success or not success, as you could put it, the way we answered, thought we'd do something similar 
put on a, a picture of clubs rather than sponsors and kit makers. So I've done some digging. Of the 91 other teams in the top four divisions of English football, there are nine clubs that we have never played a cup game against. And that's all cup competitions, FA Cup, League Cup, Mickey Mouse Trophy, all their predecessors, the Simod Cup, Anglo-Italian Cup, any cup you can think of. We have not played them in a game. There are also two teams that we've never played in the Football League. One of them we did play in the conference, but not in the Football League. It is a competitive one, so you will be against each other. I want you to tell me what are the nine teams that we've not played in the Cup and the two we've not played in the League without having the four leagues in front of you and just listing all the teams, because then I will disqualify you. I'm going to go Salt. Dived in too quick. Doncaster. Dived in. Doncaster for the cup or Doncaster for the league? I need cup and league. Cup, cup, Doncaster. Can we go on rotation? That is correct. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Was that correct? Doncaster was correct. And Salford, which one was that for? Right, so I go, so I go next. Um, I'm going to go Salford for both. Both is correct. Oh, for God's sake. Now, I, uh, Forest Green in the cup. That is incorrect. Oh. I'm going to go Oldham Cup. Incorrect. I'm going to go Fleetwood Cup. That is correct. <laughs> have you what? What's this agreement that you two have got going on? There's no agreement. It's just no <laughs> agreement. That's just just rule, If you haven't been paying attention, mate. So two teams, sorry, in the football league that we haven't played in the league. Yes, and one of them has gone. That was all. One of them... Oh, right. Oh. I feel like I've think of Think of newer play. teams that we weren't going to have played. Teams that have recently ben, come don't up. don't tell them that's my strategy. Can we, can we have a time limit on the... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, tra- I'm just going to go Tranmere Cup. It's <laughs> never going to no. be right. Oh, come on. I know. I'm going to go Lincoln Cup. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, stats are not my strong point, but I'm feeling good about this. I'm going to give you all another minute. Um, I'm going to go... Struggling a bit here. Um, Morecambe in the cup. Don't know why I've gone there. Incorrect. Crawley cup. That is correct. Yes! Eat my goal. Oh, <laughs> oh no, the pressure's on. Um, uh, Rochdale Cup. That's incorrect. I'll give you each one more guess, and I'll tell you that three of the teams you've not got are in the championship. You can hear the, you can hear the wheels clicking. I know the championship things uh thrown me off. Um who's cut No, let someone else go while I'll um, while I'm a moon and iron. I can't think. Is that I think that's a pass. Oh, I'm not trying to it's not a pass. I'm gonna say uh, 
Preston in the cup. I only went Preston. We've played Preston dozens of times in the cup, I think. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said your bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Andy, on one more lead. guess. Was that, was, that, oh, was that right or wrong? That was wrong. Terribly wrong. Uh, okay. um, Very wrong. I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Hull in the league. Must have played Hull. You were very close, but it was Hull in the cup. Is oh, I was going to say that. Oh. I've, well, I've John, back to you. One, one last guess. Oh, you got the league one in one minute. I thought I'd, uh, <laughs> I thought I'd use them all up. Um, now, quick, quick, quick guess. Five seconds. Um, Leeds, no. <laughs> Come on, it's even worse than my guess. Yeah, I know. Um, I think I think you're out of time. That's that's yeah, just too long. Can, can you can you give us a clue for the league one, please? Like, what division is one, it, are they in? They're in League Two. They're in League Two. They're, they're in only league two. in League Two. I think a year. Oh no, the music's ended. That's very oh. poignant. Um, Go on then, um, call it off. Grimsby. No, right. The, the the nine teams in the cup, I'll tell you the ones you got. You got Crawley Town. Oh, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on. Take it back a minute. John and James have had one more guess than me. No, we were just chucking well, stuff at him. Music, We've all the music now. stopped, Andy. You know? yeah. I'm not a good loser. Well, all right, one more guess. Five seconds. Hole in the cup. Hole in the cup. No, Maybe we you, said it. You knew that. We already said that. No, 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 I'm not having it, boys. The, the rules the rules weren't explained clearly enough and nobody said it come on let's have it I, I was well, going to say I've lost that it I now after it. that I think Andy should lose to be honest uh, I think you've I all lost I want an independent review of this this is this right this, this, this arguing has cost us nearly getting this under an hour like I think we need to look at ourselves you know deeply in the mirror yeah. anyway go on Ben right yes the teams you didn't get or did get in Andy's case Let's just say he got whole city, just because I don't want a letter from my MP. <laughs> uh, the, the the other three in the cup you didn't get was AFC Wimbledon, and the mm. two from the championship. And I was very surprised by uh, by one of these. Uh, one of them's Wigan Athletic, and the other one is Derby County. Derby County. Wow, we've never played Derby oh. in a cup game. I know. I I had to double check that a few times, but according to all the books, and I will. Unfortunately, throw Martin Bradetsky under the bus. Otherwise, it's, it's no proof that we've played Derby County in a cup. Wow. Uh, and the the other league team you didn't get, so you got Salford City. We played this other team in the conference, but not in league. Two, one, or the championship it was Forest Green. Oh, I said them earlier, right? I, the have, cup. I would have put money on us playing them in the conference, but... That's not nice. No, I, said we, I said we played them in the conference, right. but not in the football league. Oh, sorry, not in the cup. Yeah, all right. That's why I said, yeah, that's why I said cup, because I distinctly remember us playing. Right, I'll I'll just take myself off, shall I? Taxi! (laughs) I'm going to have to edit that down. It's so loud. Very rambling quiz. No, it was good. Uh, How do I do... (laughs) To be honest, I think Ben wins that. As that was a great that was a great quiz and I feel like we've all learned something. It was a good quiz. So, fantastic. Guys, we're just Sorry, over Andrew. an hour. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, that's fine. I, it was good. I, uh, I, I tipped my hat to you, Ben. 
Um, Ez, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me. Has anyone got anything else? I don't think so. No, I, it was good. No, it was good. Okay, let's wrap up. Cheers. And our next episode will probably be after those two Peterborough games, I'd expect. And we're going to get Connor, um, one of the Yorkshire Yellows, to come on as he's going down um, for both those games. So he'll come on and give us a full review, I'm sure. But cheers. See you then. Yeah, thanks. Take care.